Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TalkHouse Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a legendary guitarist and songwriter in conversation with one of our favorite repeat guests, Mike Campbell and Margot Price. Campbell is best known as Tom Petty's right-hand man, a position he proudly held for five decades until Petty's untimely death in 2017. Together, they wrote some of the Heartbreakers' best-known songs, including Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, and You Got Lucky. Campbell also produced a bunch of Petty solo and Heartbreaker songs and has contributed his playing and writing skills to lots of other artists, too. I was surprised to learn just recently that Campbell co-wrote Don Henley's massive Boys of Summer, too. Who knew? But even before the end of the Heartbreakers run, Campbell would spend time with his side band, The Dirty Knobs, where he not only plays guitar, but also sings and writes the lyrics. The band recently released their second studio album, External Combustion, which is where today's other guest comes in. Margot Price is a firecracker of a singer and songwriter who doesn't exactly fit neatly into the world of country, which is perhaps why she's been so embraced by folks outside that world. Jack White's Third Man Records released Price's first two albums, including her killer debut from 2016, Midwest Farmer's Daughter. And though she lives in Nashville, her sound is more old-school country than new. Her last album is 2020's That's How Rumors Get Started, though as you'll hear in this chat, she's been working on both new music and an upcoming memoir. She pulls no punches, so both should be great. Oh, and she found some time to help out with some vocals on the Dirty Knobs latest, specifically on a song called State of Mind. As a longtime fan of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, she was excited as hell to work with Campbell, and the feeling was mutual. Check out a little bit of State of Mind here. You left a hole in my heart Big enough to drive a truck through And now there's no way home That I can find Classic sounding, right? In this chat, Campbell and Price talk about getting back on the road after so long away. They talk about songwriting with other people. Price thinks it can be more personal than sleeping with someone. Campbell gets Price excited by revealing that he's being joined on some dates by old-school Heartbreakers drummer Stan Lynch. And the two make plans to meet up on the road, specifically when they're both opening huge amphitheaters for Chris Stapleton in June. Enjoy! Good morning, Margo. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, are you in Nashville? I am. Yep, I'm here. And uh, I leave on tour in just a few days. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, this isn't great to play again, huh? I know. How Did you have so much fun? It looked amazing. I couldn't believe how good the audiences were. They're like, it's like it's better than it used to be. Yeah, because everybody missed it and they like appreciate it again. <laughs> I, that's what it feels like. So it's been real, a real joy, like surprisingly fun, and uh, we're having a blast. Uh, well, the Nashville crowd was going nuts, and if you can get a Nashville crowd to clap, geez, you can do anything. Well, they, yeah, they kind of did their own thing. Uh, They're good singers too. <laughs> it's good to see. I'm sitting on the couch where we wrote our songs and everything. I as you remember. see that. I know, I know. God, how long ago was that? Seems like a year ago, doesn't it? It really was. I was actually just in California, but you were not there. Mm. So I was driving around needing directions and uh, 
Yep. Now I'm back home here in Tennessee. Good. You're getting ready to be out. We're going to be playing some of these same dates. That's right. We're going to be on the same right. shows a few places. I hope we get to sing together maybe on a couple of them. I know. I would love to. We have a song that we know together. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I had a blast singing that. And uh, I know that it's probably going to be hard for y'all to work up. It's not love, but oh man, that other song that I sang on on your record. Cheap Talk, yeah. Cheap Talk. It's like so good. We learned it, but it's not the same without the kiss, kiss French girl sound. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anything's possible. We do know how to play it. It's just a, it's a heavy riff, you know, in the middle of a show, like it goes on. It's intense. But uh, if if you were around, yeah, we could make it fun if you want to do it. Let's do it. I'm up for it. Yeah, we got some sound checks. We can just like. We can check it out there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, so what's been going on? Are you like, are you going to start recording another album again? We're going to play most off and on throughout the year live. I can't tell you yet, but I've got a big surprise. I've got some dates opening for somebody else uh, in October, November that I'm really excited about. But I made the mistake the other day of mentioning it in an interview and she came and said, oh, no, you can't say it yet. But we got an opening (laughs) slot. We got an opening slot uh, that'll keep us busy. And then uh, in December, I think we'll probably do our third album and only take a couple of weeks. Guardy got plenty of songs. So, yeah, just uh, live and then recording at the end of the year and uh, keep on going. How about you? Oh, well, you know, I've been trying to get this uh, record of mine out and it has not been as easy as I wanted it to be. Oh, bummer. We had the same problem, but uh, what are we going to do? You know, it's like, uh, it's interesting, this this two-year isolation thing. There was a point in the middle there, I don't know how you felt, but it got so crazy and, and, and lonely that I thought, like, maybe it's never going to come back. Maybe we'll never play gigs again. Maybe the whole world yeah. is just going to be messed up like this the rest of our lives. But it's mm-hmm. starting to open up now. We played a few gigs last week, and it was just so spiritual. I mean, there's so much love in the room, and it's such a joy to be back to live music again. I mean, the world really needs it. You know, the people need it. We need it. And uh, so it's good to see that things are opening up. I'm sure you're having the same experience. Yeah, I mean, I felt like everything was kind of screwed forever. I remember calling my drummer Dylan and just being like, I don't know, I think it's done. And (laughs) it was so scary because it's like, you know, the way that the streaming industry has kind of changed things like that is where I make my money. That is definitely my my livelihood. And I thought, well, they'll never be able to take that away. And lo and behold, I was wrong. <laughs> At least it wasn't the wasn't the suits. It was the fucking biology of the world. But that's passing and we're going to be OK. OK, yeah. You know, I do believe we're going we're gonna to be okay. I think so, too. We're going to come out of this for the better, I'm sure. And it's our job to go out and heal people, right? Give them a break from all that crap for a few hours and try to bring some joy to everybody, you know? I know. Yeah, I get really depressed when I'm not at home on the road. I have figured that out. I just, I need people telling me that I'm, that I'm great. <laughs> you need self-assurance. <laughs> I just sit at home and I start thinking I'm losing it, but... Uh, Listen to I, me. Listen to me. You're you're great. You're great. <laughs> make, make no mistake about it. If you have any doubts about it, oh, in my book, you're great. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone I talk to, you know, they always ask about you singing on the record, and they just love you so much as I do. Oh, and, uh, you've, you've got a you've got a good rep out there, so I, I wouldn't worry too much. Well, thank you. That that really means the world coming from you. You know, you're 
one of my biggest heroes. And I remember when uh, my manager, Amy was like, you know, they're trying to get me to branch out and like write with people for my record and everything. Cause I can be a little hard headed. And so she suggested you and I was like, well, yeah, I would write with him, but I just think I would be too nervous to do that. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, then we came out, we wrote some songs and it was like, it was just so fun. It was really amazing to kind of watch you work. And, you know, I had a couple of songs that I really didn't know what to do with. And yeah, you're one of my favorite songwriters. So thank you for sitting down and, and giving me a chance. Well, thank you back. <laughs> it was fun. You know, I, I'm like you. I'm I'm not used to writing with other people. I mostly write in my own little cocoon. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a stretch for me and with Chris Stapleton as well to uh, to sit with someone else and try to, you know, and work on yeah. songs together. Because Tom and I would always work independently, usually. I would give him a track and he would do the lyrics and then he would come back and show me. So I'm used to doing it that way, but I really enjoyed you and Jeremy. We had a blast and uh, I think I could get used to the co-writing thing as time goes on. I'll get more comfortable with it. Yeah, same, same. And I love the song that you wrote with Chris. I, I get nervous too, though, to like be in the room with somebody. You're just like spitting out ideas. It's like being naked. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, I think it's more personal than sleeping with someone. Honestly, you're just like trying to put yourself out there and I don't know, you're going to say things that maybe aren't good every single time. And then you got to worry about getting shot down. So that's what y'all, y'all always wrote like separate. You didn't ever sit and, and kind of try to flush things out. Most of the time it was separate. Mm -hmm. I would usually start with a piece of music. I, I only started writing lyrics recently, which I really enjoy now. But when I was working with Tom, I always knew he'd come up with something better than I could think of. So I would just do the music and give it to him. And if he liked it, then he'd uh, we'd get together and he'd show me what he, which is such a thrill, you know, to hear like to give him some chords and he comes back with refugee or, you know, <laughs> or woman in love or here comes my girl. He was so good. And I missed that, you know, being able to give him stuff and get that, that kickback from him. But that's how we worked. Yeah. I would work on my own and then we would get together and uh, he would show me what he thought, which was usually perfect. If not, we would hack it out <laughs> together a little bit in the studio. But there was never like sitting on a couch, eyeball to eyeball, like, well, what do you think? You know, can you think of anything? <laughs> we never did that. <laughs> I guess some people do it. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy and I do that both ways, too. I mean, when you find someone that you can write with and it works, I mean, it just feels really natural. And y'all wrote some of the, the best songs ever. I mean, we've definitely studied, you know, chord progressions and like what makes those songs so brilliant. But we every now and then we we sit in the same room and we write things and I end up like yelling at him. Did he enjoy the tour? We had a great time with him on the tour. I hope he had fun. Uh, he had a blast. And I saw footage of him playing harmonica with y'all last night. It was so great. I felt for him, though, because he was out on the road by himself. He didn't have a tour manager. He was driving from state to state on his own, like the lonely troubadour. <laughs> and then he'd show up and do his acoustic guitar and hit the car and head on to the next city. <laughs> That's pretty brave, you know. I know. But he said he liked it. Yeah, I mean, I can relate because it's like we never get alone time anymore. You know, we got two kids and then whenever we're traveling, we're with the band. With my band, we're on the bus and 12 people sardine in one bus. That's how we roll. Mm, that's a lot of people for one bus. You know? <laughs> that is a lot of people for one bus. And then, you know, we make it work. But he, I think he absolutely enjoyed it. He wrote a lot of songs. I think he felt really inspired. Good. And I mean, 
that was surreal for him to be out there opening for you. And I wanted to come out to the the last show, and then I did. I got pulled away for some work stuff. Are you going to be free to come to Florida? Or are you booked up then? When he because he's going to make up those dates with us, I think in May sometime. I would love to come. I would absolutely love to come. If you can, do yeah. We'll we'll make it worth your while. Okay, I'll be there. Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the TalkHouse podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. Hey, TalkHouse listeners, it's Josh Modell. Instead of encouraging you to listen to podcasts today, I'm here to encourage you to read something great. The particular something I have in mind is the second issue of The TalkHouse Reader, the print zine spearheaded by our fantastic music editor, Annie Fell. This issue is focused on the intersection of food and music, and it features contributions from Maddie Matheson, Coleman Domingo, Squirrel Flower, Sam Evian, the Blessed Madonna, and more. There are pieces about eating while on tour, the gentrification of food, cooking as a creative catalyst, and much, much more. You can order a copy today, along with the first issue, at store.talkhouse.com. Please do check it out. Well, I got you here. I was going to ask you what it was like on those sessions with Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Well, he was such a hero of mine. It took me a while to to just get over the fact that I was sitting there next to Johnny Cash because my dad was a big fan and always played those records. But he was so down to earth and sweet. And he always treated me like an equal, which I could never quite get comfortable with. But that's the type of guy he was. But what a presence. I mean, he would walk in the room and it's like only a few other people I know could do that. Bob Dylan could do that. George Harrison could do that. But they just walk in a room and just fill up the room with their presence and their aura. He was one of those guys. And uh, we had a lot of fun because a lot of that stuff we did uh, with Rick Rubin was acoustic, you know, just a couple of guitars and Johnny's big voice. And it was pretty intimate. But, uh, boy, what a grateful thing to have had those moments with him. 
Oh my goodness. I never got to meet him, but, uh, Oh, he would have loved you. <laughs> oh man. Guaranteed. He, I mean, he was like one of the first, you know, artists in like country music in the genre that I just was really, really drawn to just because of mm. what he stood for. He was as rock and roll as he was country. You know, yeah. he just, he did what he wanted and it was just really inspiring to hear. During the heavy days of the pandemic, I was making a record out at the Cash Cabin mm. with his son, John Carter Cash. And I just started started working on this project just to kind of keep myself busy and, you know, have a reason to get up in the morning. <laughs> but I it's just sitting there. So I don't know. Next time you come to Nashville, you should come out there with me and, and play on some stuff. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. He used to have a pet emu. Does he still have that out there? Yeah, I tell you, he's got all these like wild, like South African deer. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's got like a whole herd of deer, and uh, awesome. He's growing um, he's growing mushrooms out there, not the psychedelic kind, mm. but just you know the kind that you eat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, there was a, it was really cool. There was like a rocking chair that was Johnny's, and his like oh. uh, initials are carved in it. Of course, I was playing all his guitars and. Wow. everything but i just can't i i love that you know that album that y'all made with him and just was always wondered about the experience of being in there and imagine it was a thrill yeah it was a thrill you know what you know what johnny did um because like i said my dad used to play his records and a lot and i as i was growing up that was one of the first inspirations i had one year we were the heartbreakers were on tour in europe i think in copenhagen or someplace and we had a day off and the highwaymen were on tour and they were playing on our day off. So um, we decided that we would go down and see them play. And uh, we they took us down there and took us backstage. And uh, they brought me into the dressing room and Johnny was sitting there on a folding chair. And I went over to him and started gushing, you know, oh, you know, my dad used to play and I love you and da, 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 da. And he was real gracious. And I said, you know, uh, my favorite song was Don't Take Your Guns to Town. And he goes, oh, well, that's not on the set list. We didn't, we didn't work that one up. I said, that's okay. I'm not asking you to play. I just wanted you to know that that song is a, one of my favorite songs. So we're watching the show. They go up, and we're on the side of the stage. And Johnny goes up to the mic, and he goes, and he just met me. He goes, I want to do this song for Mike, who I just met. And he did that song. Amazing. <laughs> you know, and the rest of the band followed. They followed it. But you know, he did that for me. And that's the uh, kind of guy he was. He was very generous. So cool. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. I do appreciate that, man. His daughter, Roseanne, is real cool, too, man. I love mm. her. I've met her a couple of times. Yeah, she's sweet. Man. Yeah, and talented. Uh, yeah, she is. So what are your plans? When, when do you go hit back on the road? What are you doing? Well, tomorrow is my birthday. Happy birthday to you. You smell <laughs> like you. a wild deer and you look like <laughs> one too. Thank you. Yeah, I've got it's my birthday and then we're actually doing a secret show in town in Nashville. You're 29, right? I'm 29 for the 10th year in a row. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, feeling great, actually feeling better than ever. Good. I keep saying I'm going to come out of this pandemic like Tina Turner on the back end of, of what should have been my career. But I got a late start anyway. Yeah. But yeah, then we're going to go going out. Now, I haven't done a headlining tour in quite some time, but um, we're going out. We're opening for Stapleton, which you will be Ooh. on. I'm yeah, right, so right, stoked right. for that. Uh, doing some festivals, um, playing Montana, some festival out there for the first mm. time. And uh I wrote a memoir and I'm putting out a book 
on October 2nd. Oh, cool. I want a copy. All right, I'll send you one. And please please sign it to Mike from Margo. Okay, I will. I will. You know, like, I remember the first time I saw the uh, Run It Down a Dream, like, documentary and just how inspiring that was to see. And, like, you know, I know you that y'all really went through it for a long time before things started going your way. And then even, mm-hmm. you know, when you got in there, it was like Tom was just always, like, fighting for what was fair for him and for his fans. Mm, and like, mm-hmm. that's so inspiring. You know, I try, I try to live up to that, but man, it's real hard. This business is hard. I don't like it. I, <laughs> do you think, do you feel like it's, it's harder because you're a woman? Does that make it worse or probably not Huh? at this point? I, mean, I think, I think all artists are uh, like taken advantage of. And I think, you know, songwriters in general, there's just, it's like, what is the worth in a song now that, you know, all these like huge tech companies have just really showed us like what they think. So I think it's just changed so much, but I do, I definitely have had some like sexist things happen. Like I had these people mm-hmm. tell me that they weren't going to sign me because they already had two women on the label. Oh, you got to carry the torch, you know, Tammy, Wynette, Loretta Lynn, they all went before you. You got to carry the torch of strong women, you know, don't let anybody push you around. But the label thing, I hear you. It's, it's hard on them too, though, you know, because the, the industry's changed so much. They can't sell as much product as they used to. Yeah. So that makes them uptight, and they try to to fit you into their their uh, agenda. And so I, I kind of have a little sympathy for them, what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a song and dance, you know, give and take, stand up for what you really want, and also kind of try to compromise for what they can do for you. Yep. So, you know, just keep fighting. Just keep fighting for it. You know, it'll, it'll come through. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just getting so antsy because it's like, you know, the pandemic hit before that I had a baby. And so mm. it was like my career had just taken off and I just I have so much music I want to put out. But I know it's got to all be done right. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be easy to work with, but I don't know. That's not fun either. <laughs> well, you're yeah, I found you very easy to work with. Yeah, but the whole pandemic. I, I, oh, was, I, think, I like I, you. I think of it like uh, Cordis Interruptus. <laughs> Because we were all ready to go, you know, excuse me for that little, that's a band joke, but uh, we were all ready to go too. And it's like, whoops, pull the plug. Like, you know, hurry up. What? I can't go. Okay. How long? Two years. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know. Forever, maybe. (laughs) But, you know, um, fortunately, there's some light. We're going to, we can see a little bit of the light at the end and we'll have our gigs you know, and the industry, man, I don't know what to say about it. It's like the streaming. Thank God the vinyls come back a little bit. Amen. That's a breath of fresh air. But the streaming and all that, you know, back in, in my day, you know, it was not that hard. Well, we were lucky, too. But you could sell a lot of records, you know. And if you went out yeah. and toured, it, it all kind of worked. But now that that's sort of been pulling out from under our feet. Like, well, there's not that uh, little cushion there of, of record sales to keep you going. So it it really become more dependent, like you said, on your live shows for your for your well-being. And uh, thank God we have that. But um, I don't know. I just keep hoping the industry somehow will morph into something where we're all start getting what we deserve from our recordings as well. Maybe something will happen. Keeping the faith. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I need a pep talk every now and then. Don't we all? Yeah. Well, you can always <laughs> call me, Margo. I'll pep you up. All right. <laughs> hey, baby, K-Pass. Oh, you can always give k 
give me a call. I try to take an optimistic look on things, but I hear you. It's it's, it's been rough, but you know, it's been rough on everybody, not just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I don't know, man. If you get started on the what's going, the fucking world out there with all this shit going on now, it's so depressing. Mm-hmm. It's really some dark shit going on. I mean, there's always been dark shit, but right now, like this, it does feel overwhelming. Ukraine and all that. It's like, what mm-hmm. the fuck, man? The shootings and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, pandemic. I mean, the pandemic is like already taking a second seat to this other shit that's come up now. Yeah. So um, you just keep fighting through it, you know. Uh, I don't know what to say, but I try not to watch too much news, just enough to keep informed. But no, same. That'll depress you for sure. Yeah, I know. I've been really just trying to lean back into to writing and and just playing music and remembering like why I started doing it in the first place. It's easy to get lost and to get focused on the wrong things, and you know, like go through award season, you see everybody getting all the trophies and you start thinking like, Hey, maybe I don't got it. Maybe I don't cut it, whatever. And, uh, I've been trying to get back to just remembering like why I like to do it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember those trophies. That means nothing. Oh yeah. You know, none of those, they don't mean anything. None of that stuff. All that matters is that you have the joy of doing what you love to do. Got to keep grounded. They sit up on a shelf and they, they meet, they collect dust, you know, it means nothing. That's right. Yeah. I was, uh, read about this study that was like done with children and it's about intrinsic rewards and stuff and how, you know, they get the kids, they get them to paint and, you know, they're having such a fun time, like painting their pictures and everything's good. And then all of a sudden they, after the kids do a painting, then if they do good, they give them like a gold star. And, uh, you know, so the kids are getting the gold star, right. And then after a while, then the kids are doing the paintings, they don't give them the gold star anymore they take it away and then the children all stop painting yeah. and i don't know why that story just made me so sad it's like the santa claus myth you know it's like life life the reality of life is not like santa claus they teach you you know <laughs> there's this great wonderful guy who brings you toys and a sled and reindeer it's all a big lie it's all bullshit <laughs> and as you get past that you go oh, they, they were just bullshitting me now i have to get back to what do i really want to do screw all that exactly you know what's really what's really important family and music you know uh-huh. amen yeah life is like that you know you've got your joy and then you've got your reality and sometimes they're at odds with each other <laughs> Yeah. I have one more thing I wanted to ask you. I don't know how we're doing on time. I'm fine. When you came to Nashville and you, and you were like, let's do a, you got lucky. And then I started watching that music video that y'all made for you got lucky, Mm. (laughs) which is such a wild video. Whose idea was it and who made it? Our lighting director back in the day, his name was Jim Lenahan. He came up with that whole uh, out in the desert with the space car and the, (laughs) <laughs> all that stuff and you know it was so good I, I had nothing to do with it at all but <laughs> you just had one of the star the star roles though i like the kind of clint eastwood vibe about it you know we're just out here in the spooky music and uh i don't know you know that song's fun to do live we do it live now but we stretch it out and we do a whole guitar extravaganza with surf music and this and that in the middle of it nice. at the end and the audience I get the audience, they they started singing along on the chorus, and it's so beautiful. I just have the band stop and let them sing it. We have a handful of songs that have held up over the years, and on this tour, of course, I'm promoting the Dirty Knobs records, but um, 
every now and then I throw in, you know, an older Heartbreaker song that people are familiar with, and, and they just love it so much, you know. Yeah. And I like keeping those songs, keeping them alive, you know. Oh, someone's got you. I mean, yeah, they're, they're amazing. Might as well be me. It's a dirty job. <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, the new album is so good. Like, Jeremy and I put it on and oh, sat around you. the fire and was like, I just had tears rolling down my cheeks. I couldn't believe Aww. that I got that I got to sing on your record. Honestly, I'm proud of it. But you you certainly added quite a a level of brilliance to it for sure. Oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't do nothing. You were talking me through all those harmonies. My drummer Swamp Fox is is singing your part when we do that song, and, and boy, <laughs> yes. he, he has he has the greatest respect for you now that he's had to try to learn your harmonies. <laughs> Dude, I got respect for him. He is such a good drummer. <laughs> he's a good singer too. He's got a great voice. Yeah. But, uh, he finally got where, you know, it's not you, but we can get the song across, you know. Cool. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I can't wait to come to Florida and sing that. And then I guess, yeah, I'll see you out on these Stapleton dates. I'll sing any song you want. Oh, that'd be wonderful. You know, like, uh, the, the Dirty Knobs are third on the bill, so we'll probably be playing to like 30 people in, a, in an arena. But uh, if you're around uh, before your show and want to step out with us and do that song, I'm always open for that because uh, you're just you know, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Same. Well, so what's the rest of your day look like? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, my little daughter, Ramona, she fractured her leg yesterday. What on a horse? So no, thank goodness. She was on the trampoline and, uh, so we went, we got some x-rays. She's being really tough, but, um, it's kind of, I don't know. It was supposed to be my birthday week. So I had like some, mm. some things lined up. I'm probably me and my band are having rehearsals over the next few days and I'm going to spend my, going to spend my birthday weekend just like making music and, um, hanging with my fam. So Ramona, thank you. That's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Does she after have a middle the, name? It was after the Dylan song, of course, you know, to Ramona. Yeah. And then, uh, her middle name is Lynn. Which uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, Loretta. Loretta gave it to her. So Loretta's oh, her, Loretta her, Lynn, yeah. her godmother. Yeah, oh, really. That's amazing. Yeah. She called me. She called me on the phone. I was all pregnant and I was scared. I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna just ruin everything," you know. And she's like, "Oh, she, you're gonna be fine, baby girl. Just uh, give her." <laughs> baby she's girl. Like, just middle name is Lynn. You know, she said it could work for a boy or a girl, but thank goodness I had a girl because I don't think I'd want to name a boy Lynn. Just, uh, it's like a boy named Sue, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> a boy named Sue, yeah. <laughs> How do you do? You're going to die. <laughs> God bless Shel Silverstein and Johnny Gill. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you doing with the rest of your day in beautiful Malibu? I have rehearsal. I have, uh, it's interesting. I have uh, my drummer, Swamp Fox, every year goes to Italy and plays with this guy named Bosco, who's like the Bruce Springsteen of Italy. And he goes over for a month. And he, that's his money gig for the year. Nice. So he had that. And I wanted to play that. I had some gigs booked. So you might appreciate this. I needed a, a fill-in drummer for that month. And I got uh, our original Heartbreakers drummer, Stan Lynch. Shit. Who I reconnected with. So we're rehearsing yes. with him. So he's going to... Uh, so will I get to meet him on the road? Maybe. he's on. I think he's on some of the Stapleton dates. I'm not really sure. but Sweet. So we've been rehearsing with him this week so that he knows the set. I, I love him. I think it's going to be really special. And so uh, rehearsing with him today. And then tomorrow we go up to Frisco, do a couple of shows. 
and back cool. down here and do the Troubadour a couple of nights and uh, then a little break and then we're off uh, off and running to the Midwest and Florida, wherever else. I don't know. Nice. I said, book book me everywhere except Antarctica and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Too cold for guitars up in Antarctica. So, yeah, that's my day, uh, some rehearsal. and uh, Cool. The kids are coming over, grandkids, so I get, you know, a, a double dose of joy today. Fun. Aw. It's been great talking to you, though, Margaret. I really miss you, and I wanted to tell you that uh, that time that you and Jeremy spent out here was so much fun, and uh, I hope that we stay friends going forward. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for making music with us, and thanks for all the music you've made. You know, we just think the world of you. Thank you. And don't get down. You keep your spirits up. I'm trying. I got the birthday blues. Honestly, if you if you get in a hole, you you, you can call Uncle Mike. I'll talk you down. <laughs> all right you'll, you'll get a call i'm a good therapist actually I, i've been doing a lot of therapy <laughs> just just ask my band <laughs> <laughs> but seriously seriously if you ever want to just talk I, I love talking to you and i want to stay connected and i'm always here for you and i, I wish you nothing but joy and, and hope oh shit you're gonna make me cry so we'll, we will be seeing each other and it's gonna be a blast hell yeah okay you take care all right talk soon love you bye bye Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast, and thanks to Margot Price and Mike Campbell for chatting. If you like what you heard, please follow TalkHouse on your favorite podcasting platforms and social media channels. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.